and welcome to the Fleet Geeks podcast. We're here to help develop fleet and transport professionals. Do you want to progress and develop your skills and knowledge? We promise to bring lively conversation and debate around interesting issues and keep you bang up to date with changes in our awesome industry. The Fleet Geeks are a community of professionals and if you enjoy the podcast, why not join the discussion for free in the Fleet Geek community over on Facebook. Uh, the red light is rolling, and welcome back to the Fleet Geeks podcast. My name's Pete, and I'm joined today by Mike. How you doing, Mike? I'm oh, very well, thank you, Pete. Yourself? Yeah, good. Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. And I'm joined. We're joined again. We're really blessed to have it's a hat trick. Yeah, a hat trick of podcasts with Mr. James Adcroft. James, are you able to introduce yourself for the listeners, please? Yeah, thanks, Pete. Hi, thanks for uh, having me back again, uh, talking about uh, a super interesting subject today. My name is James Adcroft. I'm a transport compliance manager for a UK-based transport operator. Uh, I'm not here on behalf of my employer today. I'm just here uh, having a chat with uh, with you two guys about uh, about our industry and indeed on this occasion something super contentious. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, we're here for part two of our driver CPC consultation series, and we we think there might be a couple more parts in due course as this becomes what do you what do they call it when it becomes a. Um, a Many many Ooh, parts yeah, to it. Yeah. I forgot what the terminology is. Anyway, I can't think about. I can't think of it now. It'll come to me at some point. I'm sure. An anthology. Anthology. Know, a tri- is triology is three, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. so at the minute yeah. we're a duology. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll see how things go. So uh, hopefully you'll have listened to the previous podcast, which sort of covered um, the uh, potential introduction of a national DCPC uh, requalification pro- process. I, I read a, a bit of the introduction in that podcast um, again the link is in the show notes to the consultation our recommendation is to read uh, as as in the previous podcast first of all go back to that podcast and listen to that prior to this one is my suggestion because there's some lead into this um, so please do listen to that podcast first part one um, and then come to this podcast part two read the consultation document and obviously the the purpose of these is for us to just have a discussion around them we know it's a contentious subject you may or may not agree with some of the things we say and that that's okay um, ultimately our goal is to get you to make a response um, I, th- I think we agreed that in the last yeah. podcast that the key is to raise the awareness as a consultation you got until the 20 7th of April to get a response in and we're all obligated it's something that is going to affect every single one of us in the industry um, and therefore we, uh, we we have a duty to be able to uh, respond to those but this session we're going to focus on there's a proposal as part of the consultation there's a proposal for returning drivers and we're just going to focus on that one in this second part so I'm going to read the consultation document for you guys and then we're going to have a bit of a discussion so uh, the proposals for returning drivers uh, returning drivers means those who have previously held a DCPC qualification but allowed this to lapse and want to return to driving for which a DCPC is needed Currently, returning drivers need to complete 35 hours of DCPC training to regain their DQC before they can begin driving for commercial purposes. The concern is that this is creating a disproportionate burden and acting as barrier for experienced drivers. Uh, Current requirements delay when returning drivers can start working again, which can create a lag for businesses to factor in. The review found that whilst some form of professional assurance should remain, because these drivers are assumed to have some previous knowledge and experience, there should exist a specific return pathway for them. This would help resilience in the sector, increase the number of drivers and help prevent future driver shortages. 
completion of a specific return pathway would give an NDCPC, and I refer back to the previous co- podcast when I say N as in National DCPC Qualification, and not permit driving to, from or within the EU, drivers wanted to do this would need to complete a 35 hours of IDCPC, International DCPC, uh, training where they could return. In terms of the specific return pathway, the following options are under consideration. Uh, the NDCPC periodic test proposal, or a return to driver training. Under either option, only drivers whose qualification had lapsed by more than two months, but less than two years, would be able to utilise them. This is to avoid purposeful short-term lapses by drivers, while Mm. ensuring that drivers will still have retained a suitable level of knowledge and experience. The NDCPC periodic test proposal, this would be the same test as covered under the NDCPC periodic test proposals, which we discussed in the last episode. These are the new periodic tests and the initial test reset. In this case, returning drivers would also be eligible to make use of them. And then interestingly, there's this option, return to driving training. Again, I'm reading from the the page here. This would be a return to driving module tailored for the needs of experienced drivers. The subjects that this course should cover are in development, but it is thought that at a minimum they could include working time rules, tachographs, load security, passenger safety. This would be aimed at meeting the core values of road safety and professionalism in the sector. The proposal is for the return to driving module to be seven hours, shorter than the current 35 hours of training, uh, and after completion the driver is then eligible to drive for commercial purposes. There are two proposed options which are quite interesting. Uh, So I'm just going to outline those as well because there's lots for us to talk about here. Uh, The proposed options are, number one, after completing the return to driving module, which could be seven hours, the entitlement to drive is valid for one year. The driver will then be required to complete a further seven hours of training every year in order to renew their qualification, which will be issued on an annual rather than five-year basis. The second option... After completing the return to driving module, which could be seven hours, the driver is given a five-year entitlement to drive. The driver will then be required to complete the remaining training, which could be 28 hours within this five-year entitlement. Furthermore, to continue driving beyond that first five-year entitlement, a driver will also have to complete 35 hours of periodic training within this period. And this will mean that potentially a driver would need to complete 63 hours of training within a five-year period. In either scenario, the driver to drop the return to driving module could not be taken again to fulfil the requirements of any residual training, uh, etc. So, lots of stuff to think about there, guys. Um, my first one is around. So my, my I think I'm going to go straight in with one of my challenges, which is around this assumed previous knowledge and experience well yeah someone whose license has lapsed for two years so yeah just just to put that into a bit of context so we had driver cpc was introduced uh, for for hgvs uh in 2009 so um this kind of presumes that the driver is returning to the industry since before 2009 which was 14 years ago 2007 so no but interestingly it's saying that it's too uh, two months and two years. Two years, so it goes so, back to 2007. Is that how I It could be anyone who spent a period of time out of the industry. So it could be actually someone in 2018. Oh, yes, of course. Who, yes, 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 yes. Who, yes, who, yes, who yes, allowed yeah. their, their, their DTC, to lapse their, for whatever reason. Yeah, to lapse. yeah. They've spent. So uh, that's not to say that they wouldn't have done some driver CPC before. Correct. Yes. Yeah. I think yes. that the criteria that Pete described. Is this two months to two years? Two months to yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, if yeah. you if you if you meet those criteria, 
than any period of time, you know, of the industry. Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? So I'm, I'm kind of out of view in my mind there that somebody, you know, is coming back to the industry, for, you know, 14 years ago, which is a long time now, isn't it? So that's what, that's that, that's the challenge, isn't it? Why? After, Why after would they come back to the industry? <laughs> yeah. I, I think um, I, I think that whenever I uh, read the term assumed, uh, yeah. assumed experience, um, that, that 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 concerns me really. But yeah. Um, yeah, under either option, only drivers whose qualification had lapsed by more than two months, but less than two years. So, uh, in in essence, what James just said there, that I don't think that includes someone twenty eighteen. They would no, need to have been driving from from, uh, from at this point twenty twenty one for example. Yeah, two years. yeah. So they yeah. would have needed a DCPC from twenty twenty one onwards. Yeah. Um, but I I think my challenge my challenge with it is that potentially someone could pass their qualification and then not use it, Yeah. let it lapse, and then they... No, because they'd have five years of CPC. They would have done something. Yeah, yeah. It is an interesting yeah. proposal, actually, isn't it? Because it's not actually that great... Potentially, it's not that great a volume of drivers. And I think therein lies the two points of discussion, actually, for me. One is... What do we think about this mechanism of, 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 uh, of making sure drivers are suitably qualified? And then secondly, and just as importantly, do we think that this is going to achieve yeah. its objective? The fundamental objective here is to bring drivers back into the industry. Actually, whatever that mechanism looks like, we also want to be satisfied that it will do its job and yeah. bring drivers back to us yeah. who've, who've spent a time away. And I think both of those points are worth uh, discussion. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think my, I was going to say my position from a first off, it'd be interesting to know the statistics of drivers who are between two months and two years elapsed at any point. Mm. Um, because I, I certainly wouldn't know know that data because you've got you kind of got a couple of data points there. How many drivers have elapsed between two months and two years? I understand there being a time restriction of two months because otherwise you could just go, actually, People I'm not going to bother. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, not, yeah, not going to yeah, bother yeah. and I'll just crack on. Um, but what volume of drivers? And then and then we're also relying on their propensity to want to come back <laughs> after two years, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is which is an interesting thing. I wonder if they've got the data to back that time period yeah, up, actually. Whether um, there's something to do with the pandemic, whether it's they think they lost some drivers through the pandemic i don't know whether that's the case because as, as you know as far as i'm aware most you know driving most uh, operators were operating through that the pandemic so, and so, so drivers I, I would have thought there. so and i'm just going to add this in there my expectation if you were to look at the data of valid cpcs and i'm assuming the government have got the data to look at valid yeah, cpcs yeah, right have, yeah. I would have assumed that the last exodus of professional experienced drivers was 2019, September 2019, which is actually yes. four years ago now, yeah. um, because that would have been the last general uh, renewal of the DCPC for, uh, for the majority of drivers. Yeah, it's, the, it certainly applies to people who've been out of the sector for more than two years, because we must remember that you qualify for your five-year period in advance. Yes. So if mm. I... Yeah. I've done my yeah. 35 hours and I get a new DQC today, I yeah. I'm valid for five years. Five years yeah. So actually, I could step out of the industry now and step I've got into it. seven yeah. years. <laughs> yeah, to get back my, into it. The, the, the criteria are drivers whose qualification has lapsed. Yeah. So actually, yes. today I'm valid for five years because my DQC, my, I get my new DQC. Yeah. I could step out of the industry and I don't... 
I'm still qualifying for five years and then I've got two years on top. That's a really so good it, point. It does open it up to yeah. people. It is actually beyond two years, isn't sure. it? Yeah. it is, so long as they've, so long as they've maintained their training beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is... Um, that's almost, it's actually quite complex in a way. Mm, almost, that potentially yeah. in itself is a complexity for, for uh, transport managers to sure. manage as yeah. well, whether a driver qualifies for, for that. It, there is a level of complexity. I can see a lot so, of questions. I've got this driver just walked in, coming for an interview. Can he drive or she drive? <laughs> yeah, yeah, can we just put like, him on a one-day course? Yeah. Well, ultimately, I'm, I'm assuming the, re, the, the regaining the qualification test is going to be the same as the other test. Yeah. So I imagine the... What I expect to have happen is that this test is going to be kind of the cover all, isn't it? Is yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, are, are you able to pass the test or not? And if you can, it's a it's a tick box exercise, yeah, so to speak. It just isn't becomes it? a tick box. So uh, I guess that's the question around: Is it going to be successful in what it's looking for? It, I think my my response to is it is it going to work? I'm not. I don't really know, actually. I, I think that's. Uh, I, I don't think any of us can really, other than speculate. Is it? Is it? Is it going to be uh, desirable enough? Um, that that is interesting. I think when I, when I sort of look at the reasons drivers leave the industry, is um, one of them. You know, I am aware of as a as a DCPC trainer myself. I am aware that DCPC is a bone of contention, and a lot yeah. of drivers don't like doing it. And if it was scrapped, I think I think there would be more drivers the question has then got to be asked are they the type of drivers we want if they they refuse DCPC Um, so that that is another question in itself but I think um, you know I think uh, I I think potentially this could work at, at, at some point and I guess I guess this is a consultation to suggest introducing it and then at some point that it may be may be reviewed if it's not quite um, you know if it's not attracting enough drivers because I'm guessing it's going to be this is quite revolutionary it's not something we've done before so we, we're not going to know until it's in place and we're starting to get some st- statistics on it i think you're right i think the slightly complex part relates to the uh, the training the uh, return to driving training module and subsequent uh, classroom based training i think it's simplified as you touched on remarkably by the potential for us to have the option of the NDCPC periodic test. Mm-hmm. Effectively, what you're saying then is we use the, the, the driver who's returning to the industry yeah. can take the test and there's your five years. And there's your five and years. I, I think yeah. you're right. I yeah. think that might be yeah. more... Um, mm. Uh, welcome as, as an option for operators. I'm not passing judgment on whether no. that's good or yeah, not. Of we, course, yeah, you know, yeah. But, but that's uh, that would ease people back into the industry certainly mm. if, mm. if that and again I say this if there's a pool of drivers out there who we really think are get-assable yeah and, and we can bring them, back. Bring them yeah. back yeah that would certainly constitute yeah. a swift and efficient potentially way yeah. to bring them back I think in. I think you're absolutely right interestingly that's quite a burden on them though the two options obviously the second option once you reread those obviously I have read the two options out but that second option around essentially 10 courses in a five-year period it's quite a burden yeah it would that, be. That, that is quite yeah. a burden because they wouldn't be able to retake the test either so they'd have to sit the CPC modules if yeah. that makes sense because yeah. the, the 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 test doesn't qualify them so it's different it's very different in that sense isn't it because they're going to have to uh, the, re, the the reset is only valid for the five-year period so they would also have to do training 
Yeah, you're right. Well, the, what's, it's almost like uh, it's it's a, an opportunity to ease the, the burden of bringing people back in. But what is being suggested in the consultation is that you're going to have to catch up. I said a moment ago, yeah, we know catch that up. CPC, driver CPC is, is acquired in advance yes. of your five years. Yes. So what the, the, what the consultation says is we, we, we have a mechanism here whereby we can help people come back in quicker but actually, within the five years, you've got to catch up. Not and only then plan to, ahead. Not yeah. only with the five years that you're in, but you've also got to qualify for the five years ahead, which, yeah, as you say, yeah. does does add quite a lot of uh, a lot of bit, CPC bit of burden, in, in five years. Yeah. And then, and then, interestingly, so I think one of the other uh, just challenges that I, I wanted to raise is the 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 returning CPC they've suggested around it having drivers hours and tachographs as part of the regaining of the qualification. One of my challenges about the initial CPC is there's no requirement for tachograph. There's no test for tachograph knowledge yeah. at the initial CPC, is there? No. So um, and and obviously I know that's not being consulted on, but I think it's just a point of reference really. That interestingly, um, you know, certainly as uh, as a consultant to many operators who. You know, we've got some fantastic operators that we work with, actually family-run businesses who are training young drivers and bringing them through, but they are qualifying with very little understanding. Oh of, yes, uh, of yeah, graphs and yeah, drivers hours. Yeah, I mean, as much as you know, there is a process now which was better than than it has been in the past with dri- initial driver CPC. Any operator who thinks they're going to get a driver, a newly qualified driver, and, and that driver is going to have any degree of knowledge is sadly mistaken because it isn't robust enough for that no, it's no. it's very basic so potentially that's a missed opportunity but we're not here to we're not here to no, dwell no, on that. there's not, been plenty not, of other sort of points not so are we ready to maybe move on to the point of how safe we feel that is or whether we believe it's potentially a good idea or not just, again subjective but perhaps just to make a point on on, on what you just said there um, about um, the, the tachograph rules and the testing thereof. Again, this puts that burden firmly back on the transport operator, it does. doesn't it? Because yeah. they make no bones about it. It's it's implicit in, in the regulations yeah. that the transport operator is responsible for making sure their drivers are suitably trained. So if that isn't yeah. forming part of the, uh, the, the initial driver CPC, that doesn't go away. As an operator, you have to absolutely do something to supplement yeah. that to make sure your drivers are trained. That, that's on you. We can't, we can't as mm. operators say, well, we'll make an assumption that the driver knows his stuff because that would be a mistake. So that would it, be. It, yeah. it, it puts that burden back on the operator, doesn't it? Where I think it, yeah, it should sit as well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so what are our thoughts around the... Um, obviously, we've, we've had a bit of a chat around uh, whether we think that it will be a solution or whether there's a pool of people, but what are our thoughts on actually... Um, the, the the sort of safety the safety aspect of bringing a driver back with minimal training hello it's Sharni from flagship partners we are really proud to sponsor the fleet geeks podcast if you need expert advice or training for your fleet business make flagship partners your first choice we are really excited to announce the launch of our transport manager academy with expert development for fleet leaders we offer fully accredited initial transport manager CPC training, CPC refresher and operator license awareness training, as well as mentoring, support and professional development beyond the qualification. Our vision is to develop elite fleet professionals. Well, it's, it's, I think, um, it was, you know, it's down, it's, a lot of it is down to the individual, isn't it? I mean, the individual, 
Um, and, and as James just alluded to, there, it's you know the onus is still on the on the business to make sure the operator to make sure that whoever they bring into the business is going to, is going to be uh, have the adequate you know information instruction and training. So uh, I think it's very much down to the individual. I mean, in some cases, I think it's. Uh, it probably would be a risk, uh, if, if that's the right word, that you you could you could take based on the individual and their experience in the past. Uh, in other times, I think it could be uh, you know it could be could be highly risky, highly contentious, but uh, okay. it's certainly something they need to think about. Yeah. What, what do you think, James? I think it demands that we tap as operators on other skills that we should have. Mm. Yeah. So what we are. But what we must take care not to do is assume that a driver returning to the industry is going to pass a test and come and join us. No. As an operator, you're going to interview that driver. Yeah. You're going to be an assessment of that driver, whether that be practical or theoretical or both. Yeah. And you may have things like probationary periods. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of um, uh, interview induction processes which actually, yeah, we, yeah. That's, what, that's where our skills lie, isn't it? That's yes. what that, it's, it's not just about... Um, the mechanism by which we bring someone back and does that introduce some risk? If it does introduce some risk, then I think we have to dig into our toolkit to, and, and pull out some yeah. different skills, which is the skills in terms of effective recruitment, effectively yeah. deselecting and selecting the, the, the greatest drivers that we want to come and work for us. So I think that's what it does. It changes that emphasis on, our, on some of our skills, doesn't it? Yeah, I'd, I'd certainly agree with that. It's something we touched on in the previous episode, which is this requirement for um, operators to start to um, create their own training policy, their own training demands internally, because we need to look at doing training because it's the right thing to do, not because we're being told we have to do it. Yeah. Um, and I think, it, like with anything, it, with compliance, it's the thin end of, end of the wedge as well, because there might not be no, no immediate... Um, you know, you may not be being told immediately that you need to train these drivers, but actually you'll be expected to by the regulator when something goes wrong and it's found that you haven't trained them, they actually haven't met your obligations. So certainly from an entry point of view, we, this may be a case of simplifying the process from a, from a legislative entry point of view, but actually I don't think, I don't believe it reduces the burden, so to speak, on the operator in that it puts the burden back on the operator to make their own decisions correctly mm, yeah. um, to ensure that they are uh, focused on proactive training, which... I wholeheartedly agree with. I think um, I think you know there there is uh, certainly I think that there's going to be companies out there. There's going to be operators out there who are very good at proactively training their drivers and doing driver assessments and doing a great induction process with yeah. them. And you know having you know I've, I've got we've got some great operators. You know drivers all have a buddy system for a week or two weeks where yeah, where yeah. they where they go out with drivers. And I think you know where, and that they have CPC. You know these guys are coming with CPC, but they go. Do you know what we you know our vehicle have got some specialist bits of equipment that they pull around on the back so actually we're going to follow a really robust uh, uh, induction process because that's what we want to do I really think whether that's their specialist system or uh, business or whether you operate in a general haulage environment I think a buddy system I think uh, robust inductions and what have you uh, certainly should be forming part of any any reputable transport operator business and it also tells the driver 
I was talking about this bit last night at the transport briefing. If you set your stall out early with your expectations around behavior and safety and, and training and yeah. um, the depths that you go to to ensure that someone's competent to do the job, you're sending a message very early about yeah. the expectations what you of the want, business. What you expect from the business. Absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, it, 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 maybe this is an opportunity to reflect on that. So mm. maybe it's an opportunity to go back to your recruitment processes, your selection process, yes. to, your, your assessment, even before the driver is, is that there in Induction. Mm. What is our assessment process before we give them a set of keys? Do we do we send them out with a driver trainer to evaluate their yeah. driving style? Uh, do we do some theoretical training? You know, has a perception, uh, some some tests and question tests. Yeah. Yeah. It, it might be that if we think we've changed the bar in yes. terms of the driver that's coming to join us and re-enter the industry. Well, maybe we need to well, reflect on our recruitment and recruitment, induction, and reduction, does, assessment and induction processes. It's that human element again. It reminds me of a, a story I quite regularly tell of an old boss of mine who will remain nameless, but he purposely used to make drivers wait for an interview. He would be late. Uh, and what he was trying to do is judge how their demeanour was. You know, uh, and, uh, you know, somebody who was, was riled by the, the interviewee being late um, uh, and would, would clearly not make a, a, a good representative for the com- company. So, it's you know, we, we sometimes forget those softer skills that we need when we're recruiting and when we're interviewing and when we're uh, taking people through the induction process. But, no, you're absolutely right. But I think that's probably... During the driver shortage, I say during because I, I, you know, you guys might know better than I do, but the perception is that is eased slightly now. Um, but during the driver shortage crisis, if you want to call it that, um, the temptation for an operator would just be to fill those seats to get those drivers, uh, you know, and then, then there's gaps, isn't there? There's a, you know, if you were doing a risk assessment, a gap analysis of, of where your problems might lie. It would be in the fact that we've taken this driver from the street to the seat. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I coined that. <laughs> from the street to the oh, seat. I like dear. that. I get that on you. Yeah, well, uh, we've created uh, a monster. On record now. That's uh, yeah, trademark that quickly. Um, that we've we, there's a gap and there's a there's a hole. But um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a lot more to this this consultation and meeting. So, I think your driver assessment routines are, are super key, aren't they? Yeah. And and it's it's. Um, it's not about an assessment, be a driver assessment prior to employment being a test. There's no. an important distinction there. Sending a valuable driver trainer out on the yeah. road with a new candidate, the objective is not to pass fail them. Yeah. If, if the, the a driver trainer who you put your trust in is, really determines that they're mm. not are able of reaching the standard that you require, then fine, they might not be for you. Yeah. But the, the opportunity, the assessment is to look at that range of skills in yeah. between. Absolutely. So great, they're ready to go, let's give them a set of keys and commence the induction. Yeah. Or actually, we, we, we're looking for drivers, we want drivers, yes. we don't want to send people down the road. If, if we have a candidate who under assessment has a, a, a couple of things we need to improve on, yeah. great. How can we invest in this driver so that we can modify their driving behaviours just a little yes. bit so they do meet yeah. our standard and then we can put them yeah, through I the mean, induction. It's a great, putting the driver through a pre-employment assessment is a great way to, to get some drivers through the door. Yeah, well, yeah, you're absolutely right. You send a driver assessor out and the driver assessor you know, says, oh, yeah, 
left their indication a bit late there. That's not what we're... Is this person going to be a fit for the, for, for, for the company? So, yeah, getting a, getting a good driver assessor, I think, is, is, yeah. is key to this. And if you, uh, if, if, if you don't already know one, I know, uh, I know a company who can supply a good driver <laughs> assessor if you're interested. Absolutely. Um, but, no, uh, aside from the plug, um, aside from the plug, um, again, it sort of goes back to um, competencies can be trained. We can yeah. train competencies. It's the attitude, attitude, we're for, yeah, isn't it? Absolutely. It's the, a, it's the attitude and desire to be safe Willingness and do, to learn and, yeah, and to do yeah. a good job. Uh, that that is really the role of the driver assessor is to see, uh, you know, to be able to make a judgment on whether this 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 person can uh, can meet the requirements, whether that requires a little coaching or not. Mm. Um, obviously, in an ideal scenario, they're ready to go, aren't they? Yeah. But, um, you know, uh, if, if they need a little bit of coaching, then we can do that too. Excellent. Is there anything else to add on this one, gents? No, I think that's a good... T- it's a more to, much more to it than meet the eye because what most... I hope these series of podcasts have been useful because, you know, a lot of people looking beyond the sort of Facebook stuff of, oh, yeah, DCPC is being changed. Yeah, it should be scrapped. Is a lot more to it than meets the eye. So yeah, they're absolutely... Dig yes. into it. Do you know what we, we, we've just provided over an hour of hour content, content on just on CPC. just on the driver CPC consultation, and there's Absolutely. more there's more information out there. You know, we've only really scratched the surface as well. Um, this is a fair old consultation. Um, check the webinar out. Check out the document. The links in the show notes. Please do respond. Read it. Respond. Get a real understanding for what's happening because it's going to be here for you know it's going to be here for a while, isn't it? It's going yeah, to absolutely. Twenty seventh of April, it's, yeah. it's going to close, and and this but, is going to be the future. So yeah, it is um, the future. And uh, and and the benefit you'll have now is actually you'll start to understand what the shape of it's going to look like. So when yeah. the announcement does come following the consultation, you're a little bit ahead of the curve too because you kind of understand what we're looking at uh, rather than just going in, oh, I don't really know. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know what's happening. We can we can hit the ground running as well. So, uh, yeah, thank you for listening and thank you for Brilliant. joining me, thank gentlemen. Thank you very much. Yeah. Pleasure. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you on the, the next, next one. one. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please share with your friends and colleagues too. Join us for free on Facebook with the Fleet Geeks community for transport and fleet managers. Fleet Geeks offers ongoing professional development, networking and mentoring too. So get in touch with me, Pete Rushmer, on any social media platform to find out more.